Simply Financial with Christopher Calandra, Certified Financial Planner, is an innovative, comprehensive, informative, and cutting-edge podcast that discusses financial topics ranging from personal finance, economics, politics, and personal growth. Simply Financial will cover intriguing and thought-provoking questions so that the listener can simply increase their financial IQ. Welcome to episode number 17 of season 3 of the Simply Financial podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Calandra. So on today's episode, I have uh, with me Ronnie Seaford Allen. I've known Ronnie for, I don't know, seven or eight years now. And for quite a while, I've asked her to come on the show because we've had some really interesting conversations about money and a particular aspect of money that will become more clear as the conversation unfolds. But... uh, Ronnie is a wife, a mother, a working mom. She is your typical everyday mom who is seemingly everywhere at the same time doing multiple things every day. So impressive. So Ronnie, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So let's just kind of um, jump in and we could kind of build towards what what I really wanted to talk to you about because we've covered this, you and I, quite a bit in our conversations over the last couple of years. But if we could kind of go back a little bit to the beginning. You have two essentially college-age children, right? Um, your son will be Correct. at college in September, and your daughter's in already September. in college. So what did you learn about money when you were growing up? Well, I think my parents were very conservative, They're both first-generation Americans, so I think uh, the value of the dollar was was put in the forefront to them as you need to save. My grandparents uh, would always give us their pocket change and emphasize savings. So I think growing up, I always um, knew to save money, basically saved penny my pennies and then sure. wrapped them. And so I, I think very conservative, and that was always instilled with me. Um, right. and, and, Ronnie, what kind, yeah. of, what kind of household did you grow up in? Would you describe it as, um, you know, a wealthy household, um, poor, middle class, upper middle class? How would you characterize it? I would say middle class. My parents were both the first generation to go to college, uh, so education was always emphasized. But, again, we were very conservative um, with money. We weren't very spendy about it. All right, good. So what I had wanted to talk to you about, thanks for, for helping me kind of just tee up the conversation, is, you know, you and your husband, like most Americans, are, I would describe, you know, um, middle class, upper middle class, you know, two working, um, two working adults doing their best to raise their kids. Your husband is a small business owner. You've had um, some entrepreneurial experiences over the last uh, bunch of years as well as being an employee. But a couple of years ago, you inherited a pretty sizable amount of money. I mean, the purpose of this conversation, Ronnie, is not to give out all kinds of nitty-gritty information. But let's just, if it's okay with you, describe it as a, pretty sizable amount of money from your dad, uh, who I know you were close with. So you have this Mm -hmm. um, tragic loss of a loved one, 
and there's everything that goes along with that mourning process. But what I wanted to talk to you about, and, and again, I'm appreciative that you came on because this is personal and in some ways a little sensitive, I think. But just from the money standpoint, what was that like to lose your father, a loved, you know, a loved one? Um, granted, he was retirement age. I don't know, roughly how old was your dad when he passed? Uh, almost 80 years old. Okay. Yeah. And so what was it like for, let's just talk about you. Maybe we could talk about your husband a bit as we move along. Mm -hmm. But what was it like, given the circumstances, to then have the sizable inheritance for you and your husband and the kids to benefit from? Well, I think, um, you know, I was very respectful that he had worked very hard for that money and saved that money up all his life so that he could be comfortable, you know, after he stopped working and make his children comfortable. So I think what I've been very thought, uh, thoughtful about the money, I guess, is that sure. I want to make sure that I use it for things that are not frivolous, you know, like just going out and doing, you know, things for the moment. I've, I'm giving a lot of thought to the process. So um, my kids' college funds were the first thing that we thought of. Um, we also redid our kitchen, which we had wanted to do for a while. So home improvement and, and just being very thoughtful and intentional with the money and so not I, blowing it. Yeah. So can I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. So can I ask sure. you this? No. So in, in thinking about what to do with this money, was the thoughtfulness, the thinking that um, dad would approve, like this is a good use of his money, his legacy. Was that part of the decision-making for you and your husband, Tim? Absolutely. Um, you know, what would he have done with the money? Uh, always, you know, growing up and even when, once I became married, I didn't like to ask, you know, for money from him um you know we never really discussed money uh as far as amounts and um so that wasn't anything i ever thought you know i was going to be getting or so i think when i did get the when that whole when everything happened i made sure that i was honoring him and what he would have thought to do with the money so was this a weird process. I don't know if that's the right word, but, mm -hmm. you know, taking care of your son and daughter's college education, that seems to me, and, and let me take a step back. Um, mm -hmm. I've, I've never received an inheritance. I'm blessed. Both my mom and dad are still alive, as are my in-laws. So I haven't gone through what you have gone through, both the good and the bad of it. So, it seems like it might be a little weird where you're essentially spending your dad's money and I might view that differently than if it was money that I earned or my, uh, my wife Joelle earned. Um, was it a little weird? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like I said, I never asked that I'm, you know, him or my mother for money. You know, we always figured out how we were going to do things on our own. So I almost felt like this was 
money that wasn't mine coming in. So, I mean, I actually had my own business, decided to work for somebody else maybe two years after my dad passed away. So, mm. you know, I didn't change how I lived. Sure. That's, you know, that right. at all. I, I just live exactly the same way. I don't, I didn't decide I'm not going to go back to work or I'm not going to, I also want to set a good example for my children so that going forward, they understand that you still need to work for your own money, no matter how much you think you have, it can, it could go away and for numerous amount of reasons for health reasons or, or, or something that could happen. So I, I always try to emphasize that, you know, just because there's a dollar amount doesn't mean it's infinite money. So if, if, um, if somebody was in, um, the shoes you were in, what was it about two years ago? What advice would you give them about the timing of spending an inheritance? Now, listen, I think if it's a very small amount of money, let's just say as an example, you inherit, you know, five or $10,000, that's a blessing. But I'm talking about if it was a sizable, impactful kind of money. Um, And and granted, we're not talking about, you know, you, you inherit you know, a nation or anything like that. But if it's a sizable amount of money and you and you inherit it, would you give any guidance on when is it appropriate to begin to to use and deploy that money? Because I think you and and Tim decided not to do anything right away. I don't know if that was financially because you weren't sure what you were going to do or if some of it was just because you were mourning and weren't ready to really deal with tackling how to use that money. Uh, can you give us some thoughts on that and maybe some advice on how long you might want to wait, if at all, before deciding what to do if you inherit money from a loved one? Sure. I, I think something that I've always been told is wait a year uh, after mourning somebody to do anything that is life-changing. So even not even money, but to even, you know, get remarried or start dating or whatever the case may be after a loved one passes away yeah. because I think you're not there's a lot there's a lot that your self goes through in that year period and maybe even a little longer for some others but I feel as if um you have to give yourself time for that so you don't do something that you will regret later and then I think the other advice I would say is take care of, you know, needs that you have, like if you have outstanding bills that you need to take care of. Um, And again, think about what you're doing with the money. Don't just, even somebody who's a lottery winner, even, you know, same thing. I mean, you got to sort of come down from maybe the euphoria in that respect. And, And this is the same thing. It's you're going through a lot of feelings. They're not euphoric, but they're, um, you know, you're going through every day is a different day. You wake up, some days you're happy, some days you're sad. And so I think just giving yourself time to grieve and figure out, you know, what is the best thing to do with that um, to make for your family so that your family is comfortable and that you are honoring the loved one who worked their whole life to give you that and and really i think that's where their intentions were and 
you know, hopefully I too will be intentional so that my kids can benefit as well from my hard work. So, so that's a great answer. So in terms of your husband, Tim, you guys have been married for a long 25 time. 25 years. 25 mm-hmm. years. Seems yeah. like a long yep. time. And, well, I don't know. That made, it, that made it sound bad. I didn't mean it that way. But, <laughs> but was, was Tim's views on this money and, and the spending and or investing and using of this money, was it, what was his experience like? Was it different given that it wasn't his father, even though your fa- his father-in-law, your father was part of his life, for a very long time, given your long tenured marriage, what was how would he describe this experience? That's a good question. I think that the two of us have both been intentional, and we've discussed what we want to do with the money. You know, the kitchen was something important, and um, but but help me out with this, Ronnie. Was he okay. like, let's say, let's say there was a pot of money that that you and he earned and and built to up together and then there's the pot of money that you got from your inheritance was he and and i could be thinking about something that doesn't exist so help me on this right but i would think if it was me i might be more apt on my joelle and my our money which is even silly right because it is all your money once you inherit it but right the, the my money part I might be more stronger in expressing my opinion to Joelle, well, I think we ought to do this or not do this. And with the money that we inherited from, in this example, my in-law, I think I might tread a little lighter and be a little bit more reluctant to express my opinion, thinking that it was your father and you had experienced a greater loss than I had and I might treat my conversation with my wife different because of the different right. source of the money. Did, did, maybe right. maybe it wasn't like that, but can you help I me? I think it was a real, yeah, I think it was really a non-issue. I think we had it, and we're just really um, doing, living life exactly the same way, okay. yet we were so able to, it, yeah. yeah. You approached I it think like that's a team? the way we approached it. Okay. No, yeah, I think that, you know, we we said we need to do the kitchen. You know, that's something that we might not have been able to do beforehand because we actually had a lot of, uh, we ran into a lot of difficulties with the kitchen. So it, yes, cost, it cost a little bit more than we thought. So, and then also as far as college for our kids, we really, our son is, is going to a school that's going to be more expensive than, we re, you know we we might not have been able to send him sure. before this to this school so you know we don't we were able to just say apply to where you want to go and and we'll figure it out after Beautiful. so i think those are the things that we didn't really discuss like you know here's the amount and this is what we're going to do we just sort of i think have always lived similar to what we've always done but we're able to now you know, give our kids that college experience that they want. And, you know, we both were, we were able to give them both a car so they could drive back and forth to school. And my daughter has one up at school. Before that, they might have had to share a car, you know, things like that. Sure. Good. So um, as we kind of 
wrap up here a little bit. So now that it's a couple of years later, is there anything that we've talked about different than if I had discussed this with you when your father's death was more um, fresh and more recent? Have your thoughts on any of this evolved now that you have a little bit of perspective and gone through the process of losing your father, getting an inheritance, including real estate that's out of state, and figuring out how to use the money like college education for your son and daughter and the home improvement project. Anything you could think that you've kind of evolved in your thinking now that you've gone through it compared to if I spoke with you right after your father passed away? Well, yeah, I, I think I wouldn't have known where I was at that point. Um, <laughs> there were a lot of paper things to take care of and um, emotions that were, you know, raw. So I think, uh, you know, now I, I'm a little more level-headed, I think. All right, good. That's, and, yeah. And, so you gave, and you gave some great advice earlier on with, you know, it's a good idea to observe the, the one-year rule that take as much as a year to make sure that you're clear-headed, not making emotional decisions, uh, that you have time to mourn and to heal before making decisions that uh, might not be optimal and might even be premature. So any other advice you would give to someone who inherits a sizable or decent amount of money from a loved one? What advice would you give? I think I, I covered most of it. Like I said, just really be intentional and thoughtful about what you do. Um, you know, and I would give that to a lottery winner as well. I mean, I would, sure. you know, mine wasn't like that amount of money, but it just, you know, I just think you need to think and not blow it. And then later on say, oh, I should have done this or I should have, could have, would have, you know. Sure. No. And, you know, we talk a lot on the a podcast and by virtue of my financial planning practice and background is intentional. We could also insert, you know, have a plan. Don't blow the money. Don't have regrets later on that you would have, should have, could have. I think you even used that term earlier in our conversation right. today. And, and to be intentional, to have a plan so that you could benefit the, from the money today to also take advantage of fulfilling other priorities that you have, to take advantage of other options that might be opened up with this newfound money, like you used the example with the two cars. So I think that's great, great advice, and it fits into mm -hmm. what people generally should do about being intentional, have a plan with your money. You're much more likely than to make good decisions and to avoid mistakes and pitfalls. So that's great. I know this is kind of a personal subject. So, Ronnie, thank you so much thank for you. joining me today. I really appreciate it. And I think my, listeners, my listeners will get a, a lot of, out of uh, listening to this episode. So thanks much. Thank you. The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of SagePoint Financial Incorporated and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss.
Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Please note the information being provided is strictly as a courtesy. When you link to any of the websites provided here, you are leaving this website. We make no representation as to the completeness or accuracy of the information provided at these websites, nor is the company liable for any direct or indirect technical or system issues or any consequences arising out of your access to your use of third-party technologies, websites, information, and programs made available through this website. When you access one of these websites, you are leaving our website and assume total responsibility and risk for your use of the websites you are linking to. Securities and advisory services are offered through SagePoint Financial Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC, insurance services offered through Elliott Wealth Management, LLC, not affiliated with SagePoint Financial. Simply Financial is part of the Exvadio Podcast Network. You can find Exvadio Podcasts at exvadio.com slash podcast, the Apple Podcasts app, iTunes Store, iHeartRadio app, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you find podcasts. So join us and stay informed and entertained.